Got time for a quick story. You might not expect synth pop and orchestra to go together. Seem like opposites. Orchestra is one of the ultimate acoustic forms of music. No electricity really involved at all outside of microphones and lights. Synth pop, well, you need electricity for synthesizers to work. So had you told someone in later 1982, hearing I ran by a flock of seagulls on the radio, seeing the video on MTV, that one day there would be an orchestral treatment of that song, you would be like, uh, no. Well, there was one three and a half decades later. 2018 is when Ascension by A Flock of Seagulls was released with many orchestral versions of songs by A Flock of Seagulls. And now it's happening again. There is another album of orchestral arrangements of A Flock of Seagulls songs. So appropriate that we talk to the main guy in A Flock of Seagulls. We're talking today to Mike Score. String Theory is the upcoming release, and I want you to preview a whole lot of this album. We've already seen the first video, heard the first song, which is the orchestral version of Say You Love Me is, is already out. Um, the Of course, there was Ascension three years ago, and right. getting a, a reminder of that, going through that last night and listening kind of A-B, going back from the originals and back and forth. So that's a whole nother round here, and I've been listening in, one, in a couple of your other interviews about the inspiration for this, but but detail for me, why the songs that are going to be on this one, why did you want to do another round with the orchestra? Well, it, you know, it really wasn't our idea. August Day, that's their, like, speciality. Uh, they did the first one. They did the Ascension one. And then they came to us and said, there's still a bunch of songs, basically, that we think would be great with the orchestra. Uh, will you do another one? So we talked about it. We picked some songs and we said, yeah, you know, it's, it's your speciality. It's your project. We'll do our part. And then it's up to you because that's your thing. You know what I mean? So uh, we came to my studio where I'm sitting in now and, uh, the thing is, because it happened during the pandemic, we didn't really get together. It was all done in separate places. A lot of it was done here. Um, as much as possible was done here in my studio in Liverpool. And uh, then it was taken off and uh, the orchestra was put on it. And, uh, you know, it was mixed and stuff like that. And we just got to hear it as it came from them. And to me... Uh, it sounds better than Ascension. I like it better than Ascension. So. <laughs> I'm quite happy with it, yeah. I know you were mentioning, uh, I think it was the Mitch LaFon interview I was listening to, about the, the the quality of the songwriting, of your songwriting, I think, and correct me if I'm quoting this wrong, but but that the songs that are on this one were from, like, as you know, as you advance as a songwriter, as you go through life as a, as a musician, and that that kind of helps with, with how they sound now that it comes across better is that is that part of the reason or is that is there additional reasons why they sound better on string theory um i think it's because yeah my songwriting is i would say has more emotion in it uh whereas you know the first even the first seagulls album it was mostly about sci-fi because you don't have to show emotion in sci-fi <laughs> it's like oh i'm a robot i you know 
but as I've progressed, I think as my songwriting has become more personal, and I think that lends itself better to orchestral moods and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's, and it also I think it sounds better to me because the songs are newer to me, and you know we're not. I'm not looking back forty years. I'm only looking back twenty, twenty-five years. Right. So um, to me, as it did in the original band you know there was an escalation and i think that with the the orchestral stuff too it's an escalation the first orchestral was the first stuff we did this is the next stuff we did and therefore i'm a bit closer to it you mm-hmm. know all right uh, why these particular songs if you if you go through maybe the, the track list of why why they were selected in particular for string theory um the songs that I liked, I mean, there were certain songs at August Day, you know, they, it was their project, really. So they kind of chose the songs and they came to me and I would, I would kind of go, yeah, I like that one. That's going to be great. Um, a couple of them, like, say, Remember David, I, I wasn't sure about, but it's, it's also, it was time to let someone else do what they do with your song. I mean, in the end, I could have just gone, no, I don't like it. It's not going on the album. But everything kind of fell into place. It was like dominoes, you know. It was like, okay, that's slightly a strange song. It's being kind of rearranged for the orchestra. Oh, yeah, it does sound great. You know, so uh, <laughs> and to me, Say You Love Me, when I was listening to that and seeing the video for the first time, I was like, wow, this is way better than I thought it could be. You know, I love the video. I think it's brilliant. Uh, considering that, you know, personally, I had nothing to do with the video. It was it was August Day that said we want to make a video. Uh, of course, I did. You know, they came and did the filming at, at my studio, and then they took it off and got the dancers in and and basically made it a nice little uh, story. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, that turned out brilliant. You know, I was made up with it. Um, why say you love me as the first? single first promoted song from the album i think it's very accessible i think it's very friendly i think it's uh uh it's a it's a real pop song you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. it's like it catches your ear i mean a couple of the guys that other people that i know they heard it and they went wow i can't get that song out of my head i've only heard it twice you know (laughs) so obviously when they were choosing August they were choosing for the video, they probably polled a few people in the office or whatever who said, yeah, that's going to be a great song. You know, uh, I don't know what's coming next. I'm, I'm personally moved on to other projects. Mm-hmm. So everything that comes from that now is a surprise. Nice. Um, have you gotten much feedback from either associates, Flock of Seagulls fans, anyone on, on the the orchestration of the of, of say you love me on the video what feedback have you gotten since this has all gone public over the past several weeks um i haven't had anything bad you know nobody's said anything bad about it some people have actually got onto me and go have you seen the video and i think they're gonna say it's terrible and i go yeah i like it what do you think and they're like it's great it suits the song so well and it's simple you know it's mm-hmm. not overblown it's it's just nice and simple and the the song sounds great with an orchestra, you know, and I'm just like, whoo, thank God. 
Yeah. <laughs> it does no, it really does look good. It's I I was impressed watching the video as well, the whole interpretive dance thing and and yeah. the back and forth, the play the interplay between the man and the woman. Where was the video shot? Uh probably uh, to tell you the truth, the you know, the parts where I'm singing was shot right here in Liverpool. The rest I have no idea because <laughs> it was done by done by August Day. Uh, you know, they then they sent it and said, "Look, we've made a video. What do you think?" And of course, I, I loved it. You know, so I just was like, "You just go ahead. You've got a handle on this. Do your thing." You know, and they're doing it. Yeah, it came across really well. Um, of all the songs that are on String Theory, which one? I, how do I phrase it? Not necessarily most pleasantly surprised you, but when you when it came out on the other end with the orchestral arrangement. Which one did you go, wow, I'm really impressed by how this developed into something different? Uh, like I say, you know, rem remember David caught me, you know, a little bit. Um, like I say, I, I can't to tell you the truth. Remember all the songs on it now because it's a while since I listened back to it. I'm, right. Like I say, my head's into other songs and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But um, I was just pleasantly surprised by the way the whole thing had stepped up, you know. Uh, Say You Love Me obviously stood out. Uh, remember David? Um, they all they all fit together, I think, nicely. Even even if there's the ones that at the time I was like, I'm not sure. But because of the orchestration making the like the carry through it, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Making them all sound like a, a set of songs. It it's just for me, it's just pleasant, you know, to go. There's nothing here that stands out as being wrong. Right. You know, it all fits together nicely and flows. And so uh, when I hear that, I that's when I go, oh, just leave it to them. They know what they're doing. You know, and mm -hmm. it's kind of like you don't stick your finger in the pudding. You'll ruin it. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. But, uh, and what what artistic I mean, what? What did work specifically did you do in the studio? What what parts? I mean, obviously the singing, clearly. But yeah, what, which, yeah. which artistic parts? Like how that back and forth with them doing the orchestration and, and that. So how does that process work between that one? What you did on Ascension, of course, I know there were members of the original lineup involved with that. How does that all the back and forth, the yin and yang of that go? Um, basically... Um, the orchestral arrangement was done with me working on the songs with uh, the arranger, right, in my studio. And then he took my ideas, linked them together with his um, interpretation of what an orchestra would do, because I don't think like an orchestra, you know, he does, because he's lived, worked with orchestras all his life. So there's certain things that he would go, you know, that's not really going to work in in this kind of situation. Whereas, you know, for a lead guitar, that might work easily. Mm -hmm. yeah. But for an orchestra, no, you know. So you kind of have to trust each other and do a, well, you know, can we do a bit more like this then and then a bit less of that over there? So you kind of work it out. Um, then he mocks it up in a, in a synth, on the synth and you listen to it and then you kind of, uh, start to get an understanding of what the orchestra would do on the song. Uh, and you, I mean, I would have loved to have been there when the orchestra did it, 
But knowing me, I would have been going, what about, no, no that, you know, that's got to be, that, change that, I want this. So that would be like sticking your finger in the plum pie, you know, <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> don't do it. So it was actually a good thing that I wasn't there. Uh, but I did have input on the kind of arrangement, you know, and then they just send it to you. And of course, when you hear it and it's full glory, you, you can't say it's rubbish <laughs> because you've actually worked on it and you've got an idea what's coming. But an orchestra doing an orchestral thing, it, it can really just like lay on you and you just go, oh, it's, you know, it just sounds great. It just sounds fantastic. And of course, in the first place, the songs weren't written for orchestras, you know, they were written for synths and stuff. So to have that complete other angle coming at you is quite, uh, you know, you, you, because you've never thought of it in the first place, it's, it's quite a surprise, you know, and you kind of go, wow, that really lends itself, you know, that part or mm -hmm. this or that, or oh, yeah, I can hear, now I can hear why an orchestra does it like that and a band does it like this. Nice. So, you know, we did parts, we did some guitars and synths, and then the orchestra laid on top of that. And it's an orchestral album. So a lot of the, you might say, heavier work from band gear was, was smoothed away, you know, and it just left nice landscapes, you know, nice orchestral uh, landscapes. And uh, it gives it a little bit more softer approach. Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain, but right, you know, yeah. I'm trying. It's more of an aesthetic, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what, if there is one, non-song of yours, so non-Flock of Seagulls, non-solo, non-song of yours, now that you've gone through the process of orchestrating band songs, do you go, wow, there's this song, maybe a legendary pop song, legendary rock song, where you go, you know, that song could get a really good orchestral treatment. I'd like to hear this pick whatever song by whatever other artist. Is there one that stands out to you? You go, I kind of wish an orchestra would do a version of that. Uh, I haven't really thought in that direction. Um, but I now understand ELO way more than I did when they were out, you know, right. what he was probably getting at. And, and since getting into the orchestral thing with Ascension and listening to ELO, because I did listen to ELO and go, you know, they were orchestral. What did they do? I want to, you know, because it was a whole new angle. Mm -hmm. And now I'm a huge ELO fan, you know, because the stuff that they did, uh, was that 45 years ago, yeah. you know, to, to orchestrate their songs was incredible. You know, they, uh, they did have the band aesthetic. They have the orchestra aesthetic. Uh, I think what we're doing takes the orchestral side of it a little bit further. Um, but songs with a full orchestra, oh, I'd, I'd really have to think on that, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Now, having gone through the project with the new music you're working on, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you've got, what, a, a Flock Seagulls album and a solo album, or at least projects, I should say, coming up? Yeah. Okay. Did you find going through Ascension and String Theory and, and all the, the back and forth arranging, does that evolve or did that evolve your approach to arranging, songwriting, instrumentation choices, any of that now that you've gone through all of all of that musical process? Um, 
I'm sure subconsciously it, it, it is. Um, because I do kind of think now, oh, this section would be great with an orchestra, you know, or 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 violins. I'd love to hear some things here. Right. But essentially, I'm a synth player, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, as a songwriter, I tend to just mess around with sounds until it all seems to come together. Um, but I, I really don't sit there and, and try and dissect my new songs as how they're going to be in the future. Um, I'm sure August, August Day will. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yes. <laughs> Could totally uh, see that. And because that's my style of writing, I think it does lend itself to orchestral arrangement. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think it's just some of the chords I use when I'm playing synth uh, may have, you know, because I'm not a trained piano player or anything like that. I just play what I think sounds good. And some of that may be orchestral in some way that I don't know about. Subconsciously, I may be picking up things and going, yeah, you know, I, I, I can have a, a little violin thing going on here. In mm-hmm. fact, I have written a couple of songs that have, uh, they're just ideas, they're not real songs yet, but they do have a violin lead line instead of a guitar. Okay, <laughs> so, good. So I guess, yeah, it is. It, it's... Uh, influencing me somewhat yeah very cool um those new projects um how are they coming along what's what's the direction of musical direction of each one um the seagulls one uh which doesn't really have a name and it's kind of weird because i i don't write songs that sound the same all the time i tend to bounce around and i'll you know write something that's a bit more electronic and something that's a bit more uh synthetic and something that's a bit more guitar driven and stuff like that so i've probably got about halfway through what i would now call the next seagulls album because there's some really good pop songs on it a couple of strange songs uh that kind of lean towards the first seagulls album a little bit um, so that one about halfway through, and then the second project is is um, based on the fact that when I was a kid, I wanted to be a spaceman. <laughs> so these are songs that not don't necessarily fit with the Seagulls format, um, but they're sci-fi uh, inspired, you know. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, it's called Space Boy because the first song I wanted to do on it is called Space Boy. So it's about me pretending that I'm coming to Earth for the first time as a Space Boy. Mm. So I've got uh, maybe six songs for that and a couple of other ideas. Uh, It may be a solo. I may just put them both out as Seagulls albums. I don't know. (laughs) Interesting. uh, But... uh, it's a long time. People have always said to me, why don't you use the name of Flock of Seagulls when you release stuff? And I, I've always said, because to me, it doesn't fit that format. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I wrote three or four songs that did fit that format. And I was like, okay, here we go. We're <laughs> going down, back down the Seagulls path. And then when people heard it, they were like, you should put this out as a Flock of Seagulls. So <laughs> that's now where we're at with that, you know? How do you draw the line between a Flock of Seagulls project and a non-Flock of Seagulls project. I know you kind of explained already, but 
what what is the like you're the one you're you're at the core of the band so of course you would know how do you know when it tips one side or the other uh you just go by how you feel about it you know just uh it, I kind of take it like this. If I've written a song, recorded it, and I go, yeah, I could I could play this live with a flock of seagulls. That, to me, is mm-hmm. it's a seagull song. If, if it's a song like Space Boy, then I kind of go, you know, it's not really, it needs its own thing. You know, it's not seagulls driven and seagulls fans may not latch to this, but I do in a different way. Therefore, it's although it's you know because it's me it's got the core of a flock of seagulls it's just maybe a little bit too left field what to what i feel is seagulls driven you know but as we go on and record everything seems to be kind of melding into each other you know so Mm -hmm. some of the left field ones i'm like you know i could do this live with a flock of seagulls and people would love it because i love it right you know so i can only base what seagulls fans would like on what i like because i'm writing it if you understand what i'm saying mm-hmm. um, and they I'll go ahead i was just gonna say and if they like what i've done before they'll probably like what i'm doing now right um i was i was very pleased when you guys came out with that sort of how-to video uh, a few years ago before i ran the breakdown i thought <laughs> More bands really should be doing this. Those of us that are really curious about the individual parts, and sometimes you get the stems. That that's awesome if you can if you can find them. But not every song has those. And I was right. glad to see that. Like, okay, if I really wanted to break this down, I can stop rewind. Stop rewind. Uh, what? Why did you guys decide? Why did you guys in particular be the ones to decide? Hey, we're going to show you how to play the song we did. Uh, uh it. it- just came up we were uh, we were making the video for ascension and doing the interviews and we were in a studio in liverpool and uh that idea just came up it was like hey wouldn't it be cool if you showed how to play iran you know on the keyboard and stuff like that or what i did and uh, so it was like okay let's do it let's do it right now and 10 minutes later it was done so it wasn't really anything that we thought of it's just like oh we had a break and you know somebody said that and it was like cool let's do it like we got the cameras we got the fingers you know Mm -hmm. we got the keyboards let's do it and it was done and in the can before you knew it so it wasn't really a conscious decision it was you know sometimes as you go along things just happen and that was one of them right i'm glad you did that that was that was a good addendum to the uh the pop canon to actually be able to see the real people doing that there in the studio so thank you for doing that last question looking way down the road then because you're being in the midst of two projects that aren't finished so of course we'll ask the follow-up to that so whenever they are done and by before i finish the question what is there an approximate release date on on these projects or um i'm hoping that uh We'll have a seagull single out before the album's finished, and it, it's either going to be November-ish, okay. early December, or something like February. Okay. The albums will probably be done, both of them, right after Christmas. And um, as for release dates, uh, how they're going to be released, I'm not sure yet. Right. I, I, 
I like to get them finished and then have it and go, okay, now I'm on to my next step. You know, right. I don't like to think too much and then go, oh, it's going to be out November the 4th. And then November the 4th comes along and you're like, well, we haven't finished it. You know? Right. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so then what, wh- where do you see yourself going artistically further down the road not necessarily particular projects but what i mean what kind of pace do you want to work at what what kind of projects between touring music creation there in your room in the studio what what do you see yourself doing beyond that going down the road uh obviously i i i probably will never stop writing songs um i've kind of gotten into video a little bit so maybe i'll do some weird videos because i don't know what i'm doing um till i find out um i'm getting more into like production and stuff like that as i learn more about the equipment um but i'm not particularly interested in being say a producer i'm learning it for my own stuff uh and i hope that i can it really capture people's emotions with my songs and I, that's the way i've been pushing for the last couple of years not being afraid to say things that that mean something to people that they can connect with you know because mm-hmm. uh, it's it can be quite difficult writing a song and then having to put it out there for everybody to go you're an idiot mm-hmm. you know or something like that or wow i love that song i mean song some of my songs are going to touch on things that other people haven't touched on you know it's uh emotionally which is actually the first single that might come off the seagulls album is like that Mm. uh and i'm hoping that uh people a lot of people uh, um feel that because they they understand what it's about you know Mm. it's um for me when i write the song it's just emotional for me and I'm like, okay, this is great, blah, blah, blah. And then as I distance myself from it, as other songs come up, uh, I start to think, you know, if I felt that, other people will relate that as well. And they'll start to understand uh, what I'm saying as a writer and as a person. You know, um, it, it's like certain songwriters in certain genres are very harsh and I, I want to be 180 degrees from that. I want to be very soft and have people relate to real feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, there's going to be a lot to listen to going down the road, starting with String Theory, looking forward to hearing the whole album. Say You Love Me already can listen to it and watch it. Um, Mike, thank you so much for taking time today, to a little bit of time today to chat about all of these projects. It's a fascinating thing you're doing. Um with the Flock of Seagulls and, and these orchestral arrangements. So thanks for taking time, and we're looking forward to all this new content coming from you in the next uh, few weeks and months or so. Right. Thanks for having me. You're Cheers. welcome. Mike Score of A Flock of Seagulls. Again, String Theory coming up as of when we're recording here. By the time you listen to this, you may already be able to listen to String Theory. You can learn more about... That project and everything Mike was talking about at aflockofseagulls.org. Aflockofseagulls.org. Also find them on uh, social media, a lot of the usual platforms. Get a whole lot of information. Again, the new video, uh, Say You Love Me, already out. So definitely watch that and keep up with what's happening with Mike's score and 
a flock of seagulls. This has been the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. Thanks, as always, to Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio, my employer, for providing the facilities to do these interviews. You can listen to and, like in this case, watch the interviews um, at GreatestHits981.com under Interviews which is under features at the top of the page. You can also go to our YouTube channel for Greatest Hits 98.1. Thanks to Chipster PR for helping to set up this interview. And you can subscribe to Got Time for a Quick Story and favorite podcast platform. Most cases, you'll be able to find it. And uh, make sure you rate this up so more people know about this podcast. Got time for a quick story. I'm Luke Anthony.